What's up, ladies and gents? I'm Deeg. This is Deeg TV. We're here today, basement side, with the crew talking about Deep Rock Galactic. Let me turn off the music there. Now you can hear us. Um, say what's up, gents. What's up? Hey. Why don't you go around in a circle and introduce yourselves? Repair. Hi, I'm Repair. <laughs> I play video games. You're in the right place, then. Titillating. Paul. I'm Polarity. You can call me Aaron. I don't give a shit. Uh, I also play video games, and I take the brunt of Repairman's anger. A noble, a noble cause. Go ahead, Matt. And I am Matthew. Y'all know me. Hopefully. Even though I haven't been here the last few weeks, I'm still alive, I promise. I just got invaded by children. He's a computer with a human puppet body. It's true. It's true. And uh, we have also Doss here, joining us, uh, a man without a face, but yes. with a voice. No can this time. Yeah, I also play video games, and... I'm ready to talk some Rock and Stone. Sweet. Yeah, Deep Rock Galactic. This game uh, came out about a month ago. I think in the middle of May. It had been in uh, a early access mode for quite some time and flew under my radar. I don't know about you guys. I heard about it first when a friend of ours, uh, Rug Cutter, was playing it. And then I saw a review by a skill up that just made me feel like I had to try it. Um, so Deep Rock is... <clears throat> I'm going to essentially try to summarize it for those who don't know it. You guys can correct me where I fuck up. Um, <clears throat> you can think of it as um, it has like the four player co-op shooter action of like a Left for Dead. For those of us who remember what that is. Um, you each, there are four different dwarf classes you can play as. And they have mixed uh, ways to approach two problems. Problem A, how do you mine shit from under the ground? Minerals and gold and all the good stuff. And problem B, how do you kill bugs who want to stop you from doing that? There's a driller, gunner, scout, and engineer. Um, <clears throat> so that's the, the core gameplay loop. Go into mine, mine stuff, get out. It's all procedurally generated, which is very cool. The caves feel really great, I think. What do you guys think of the procedural generation in this? It's great most of the time, <laughs> which I think is like true of pretty much all procedural generation games. Like, I think it's nice because it's always like an element of surprise and it kind of removes a lot of the repetition of this type of game. But the, there are still a few issues that I have with it. I think where like it, it, depending on what class you're on, it can be what class you are. It can also be very impossible to like escape or what have you. I think it maybe adds a little bit of the challenge there, but most of the time it's actually a really good thing. So, yeah, I would say most of the time it's pretty good. Like to your point, the, the uh, mobility, in certain levels, like when I'm soloing Gunner and I get dropped into a level that has tons of verticality, then I'm basically screwed. Yeah. And that's that's frustrating, but it's not insurmountable. So it's kind of just a nitpick, I would call it. It also kind of forces co-op, too, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think the best solo class is? Scout. Probably scout, scout or Engineer, one of the two. Yeah. Um, or even actually, no, you can probably, I think actually just the only one that sucks for solo really is Gunner, to be honest. The other three are Gunner's pretty, been pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Scout, it, just the mobility of Scout and the speed. You don't really have to fight too much unless you're stuck in a swarm. And you can, if you're sewing, you can rely on your drone to do yeah. a Good old majority. Bosco. Man, Bosco hauls ass. That, that guy is a little overpowered, I think, actually. Yes. It <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually. A lot of people love to play these games solo. Um, I don't really myself. 
but everyone has a different level of appetite. And Bosco is like the answer to that, that problem of how do you take a game that's meant to be played cooperatively, make it fun to play by yourself. Um, so <clears throat> normally, um, let's talk briefly about the way some of the classes interact, right? This is, I think, what the, 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 one of the core strengths of the game is, is the strength of those interactions. And my favorite one is the scout-engineer pairing. Mm -hmm. um, engineers can shoot out what are essentially large pancakes up against walls that you can stand on. It's called a platform gun. And scouts have a grappling hook. So those two ways of dealing with the environment solve the problem of how do you gather minerals that are on ceilings or walls? Or normally, if you try to get there with a grappling hook, you take out your pick and you fall to your death. Mm -hmm. Not great. Um, <clears throat> if you have Bosco, of course, you can just tell him to go mine it. He floats up there and does it. Bosco's great. Yeah. How much have you guys played solo versus multi versus multiplayer, would you estimate? What's your percentage so, split? So I actually checked my stats up you know, uh, earlier. I had zero missions solo. I've always really? had at least one person drop it on my mission, or I've always joined someone else's. So my experience solo is very limited for um, any extended period of time. So when you talk about Bosco being overpowered, I, I could I could see why, but uh, my experience has been pretty much 100% uh, you know, with a group of people. And I'm actually going to uh, check it. I've played probably the least out of everybody because I just kind of got it last week and I've only really dabbled up to this point. I've really enjoyed it, but I haven't really, you know, dug very deep into it. Um, but I would say it's probably 50-50 solo versus group. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't know that I would say that bosco is overpowered i don't the game would be so much more frustrating bordering on just like unplayably unfun if you didn't have a companion like that and to his credit he's like the only ai companion i've ever had in a game that i haven't been constantly cursing at because he's <laughs> doing the wrong thing or something that pisses me off so they did a pretty good job with that part well the fact that he floats is helpful there's no pathfinding. Yes. i mean i yeah. guess there is but yeah yeah he reminds me of the palicos in monster hunter world as like an extra body to kind of draw the attention away from the monsters. So you have a chance to actually fight. You know what I mean? Yep. And he'll also mess them up too, which is great. That is true. Yeah, I just checked my stats. I'm curious. I was curious about it. So I, I thought I'd done more, but I have 17 solo missions completed out of 61 total. So oh. it's about a quarter. You have to get in the game to see that? Yeah, it's in the game. So. Okay. I'll yeah, it's on later. the KPI dashboard there. If I had to guess, I'd say I'd probably, I'm probably about 50-50. And I have... 40 hours in the game hmm. so how many hours I've, have y'all have a fair amount so i've got play. 71 hours do i have the most of all you guys i'm at 41 i think so i have 60 with 125 missions played give or take damn okay, okay. so um here. i'm the grandpa i've i played a few missions solo i guess um i i tried <laughs> actually last night i i finally nutted up and decided i was going to do that the hazard five unlocks um so repair, you're not there yet, but you'll get to a point where the game, um, the way that, so for everyone who doesn't know, uh, the game has a difficulty system that is opt-in. Um, it's basically like stars, one through five stars of difficulty. And when you scale up the difficulty, I don't, only, I don't know the exact mechanics, but it also scales up the experience in gold gain. I think it multiplies it in some way. Um, and it definitely makes the game feel harder. I noticed that. Like the difference between playing on one star versus three stars is like kind of night and day. And three and five as well. Um, but to unlock the highest difficulty, the five stars, you have to do an assignment at the, the, the penultimate difficulty level, the four star. And man, I was doing the last mission. It's a, um, uh, 
Yeah, it's three missions, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, it's three missions. One of them is a dreadnought where you have to go around and kill these 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 insect bosses. And they're scary, but it's manageable if you can kill things. The second one I don't remember, and then the third one was an extraction. It's it's one of those ugh, awful missions where you have to recover these um and this Bundles. is the, some of the cool flavor of the game, right? The idea is that there was a, a dwarven mining crew that went down and didn't come back out, and all their shit was left behind. So now you, as an employee of the same company who employed the now deceased dwarf, have to go to recover their shit. So you go put their drones back together that ha hauled all the ore and repair them, and you find their drop pod that they didn't make it to, and uh, you get out of there. But um, you have to defend it while, like, the satellites are synchronizing or some some hand wavy thing i don't know and it's this really tense defense and there are some classes that are really useful in point defense i'm thinking of the engineers driller yeah engineer is great because you can put up one or two sentry guns you have the proximity mines great tools um what else is good it's really just those two for the point defense <laughs> i guess gunner can be okay too i think gunner's great yeah. Gunner's great yeah, for locking is. down um, big targets like oppressors and Praetorians, and mm -hmm. they have uh, the bubble shield. Anyway, I was trying to do this last night, and I was on my scout. So I like I think the scout's my favorite class probably. I just promoted it, which is the prestige mechanic. And um, I tried to do, doing it with other players, and I was just getting so frustrated. Like, ah, oh, these people are fucking morons. <laughs> And uh, I'm going to try it solo. You know, I haven't played much of the game solo, but I'm going to try it. And I was go doing great and working my way through the mission, but then I got to the defense part, and I was like, oh, crap. I'm playing scout on a defense mission. How, why, did I, why did I do this? Because the scout is my, meant for ranged, stick-and-move kind of um, uh, fighting. And, Paul, you played a lot of scout, too. I'm sure you can resonate with this. That trying to do a solo defense mission is a bit of a tough ask for that class. I don't have any problems with that, to be perfectly honest. I'm so used to scouting. <laughs> I knew you guys were going to roast me. I, the mobility is, is the strength, so when I'm playing solo scout, if I'm on a defense mission, then it's, it's a constant movement, and I don't even fight that much unless I have no choice. I run up the clock a lot more than I do anything else. Don't you have to if stay I in that green bubble? For the defense mission? If I, if I have a stand and fight in, in a green bubble, then I can still... I can move in and out of the bubble if I need to get some, some space, mm -hmm. some breathing room. But it just makes it take a little bit longer. It's, it's, it's doable. It's not ideal. But I haven't had any issues with it so far. Maybe I was trying to stick to the bubble too much. Lessons learned. But that's the cool thing about a game like this, is all the interactions and, and the mechanics. And uh, it's just fun being a dwarf, man. <laughs> this game, game, is great this is game is great personality. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot yeah. Nice flavor to it. Uh, yeah. what, what are your guys' fa fa favorite uh, dwarven flavors? I think probably chocolate. for me it's the, the, yeah, the chocolate flavors. <laughs> I think probably the, the non-verbal communication style of the game really mm -hmm. kind of adds to that charm where like, there's this like you know you have that emote to like do the rock and stone shout right and uh, it's like anytime something good happens everybody does it at the same time and starts spamming it um and sort of like you just sort of can commute with communicate with each other without talking in a lot of different ways like by using the markers and stuff like that 
Yeah, the ping system yeah, is pretty I'm, well. Go ahead. Go, oh, I was just gonna say I've I've done just a few uh, deep dives with people that I like that aren't you guys essentially, and even without the ability to verbally talk, like just communicate to people frequently, like we do on Discord, it's pretty easy to get your point across and really work as a team just through emotes, just through the ping system. It's it's pretty impressive how this this non-verbal language kind of functions seamlessly between mm -hmm. people who are perfect strangers. Yeah, the assumption I'm used to making, and I bet you guys are there too, as people who have been playing online games for the last 20 years, right? Is that if you're not playing with your friends, you're basically playing solo with people around you. Like, you're not yep. really trying to coordinate. Yeah. It's not practical. But games are doing a better job, and the first game I saw do a really good job of this was Apex. Yeah. With their ping system. And this, um, I think it's, I don't know how long Deeprox has been in development, but the ping system for this uh, has echoes of what we see in Apex. Um, and it's all context sensitive. So you get what is basically a laser pointer. And if you point at an enemy, it'll highlight it for the rest of your team. If you point it at um, something in the world, like a, a mineral or resource, it'll highlight it. So, like, if you're doing the whole scout engineer dynamic, like I was talking about before, what'll happen is I will, as the scout, shoot up a flare to the ceiling to light everything up, and then I'll go ahead and ping all the minerals I want to grab, and then the engineer will look up and shoot platforms at all the spots, and I'll zip up and get them. And, you know, spam rock and stone, or one of my favorites, too, is <laughs> when there's a gold vein. Everyone just gets their laser pointer out and spams the, the spotting on the gold vein and says, we're rich, we're rich, we're rich, mm -hmm. over and over. So yeah, just it, out of, oh, out of curiosity, I, I just checked. It looks like it spent about two years just in early access. Okay. So that's two years just in early access with whatever additional development time they spent on it before they even were ready for early access. Mm -hmm. So it's been, been worked on for quite a while so far. Yeah. Yeah, the marker is cool too because it also changes depending on what, like your the context of like what you're doing is as well. Like if you're playing a solo mission, pointing at an a, for Bosco, for example, you'll tell him to mine it, right? Or you can point at an enemy and he'll like shoot it as well. But there's also a perk, if I remember correctly, for the sentry guns, or no, it's an upgrade for the sentry guns, where you can actually point at a specific enemy and rather than just shooting what they see first it'll actually focus the sentry guns on that particular enemy using the laser yeah, And there's a lot of that um, overlapping kind of function. I've, I have seen a few moments where the game fell flat there. Like, <laughs> one of the most triggering things that can happen is, um, you know, one of the coolest perks in the game is Beastmaster. Mm -hmm. um, Beastmaster lets you tame a normally hostile insect to be your pet. And if you buff up your perk, then it amplifies their damage output. And it's great, especially on higher level missions, because not only do they, do they dish out damage, more importantly, they take attention off of you, which is very useful. Mm -hmm. And, um, but if you're trying to revive an ally and your pet Glyphid has decided to, to hang out on top of your ally, it's the same button and the same interaction to pet the, the beast as to revive your friend. I've been there. So you're clearing out the enemy. You're trying to revive your friend and keep your team alive. You get there, and then all you're doing is petting the damn fucking thing over and over <laughs> again. 
It's worth it. Quite it's worth it. Quite frankly. It's totally worth it. What a good boy. What a good boy. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of weird little quality of life issues like that. I wouldn't say this is a perfect game. It's very much fun, though, regardless of any flaws you might encounter like that. I haven't, it, I haven't run into anything that's so game-breaking or so tempting that it's made me want to just close the game. It's mostly just kind of small annoyances. I don't like know if it's been your experience either. Like, like what you just said, like with the, the strange petting the, the beast instead of reviving a teammate, or mm -hmm. any of the, the weird uh, uh, procedurally generated stuff that we talked about before with verticality and, and classes that don't have any... Mobility. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see what else. The the perk upgrade trees I think are pretty annoying. Like I think the trees yeah. themselves are good, but the way it's designed is not very visually descriptive mm. to show how that yeah like works essentially. Yeah, agreed. It's it's a lot of minor things, and that's that's another one of them. Is, but it, it's quality of life stuff. It, it's I think it's also. I mean, this doesn't really excuse it, but it's also like kind of to be expected given how much they like crammed into this game. Like there's a lot of stuff for an indie game, like in here, right? You have like perk mechanics, you have like difficulty mechanics, you have this insane amount of like gear and armor and weapon upgrades and stuff like that. I, I'm, I'm hoping, and I feel pretty strongly that they're probably gonna fix a lot of these weird little things uh, over time. Cause it's been out for what, like four weeks officially, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, more to come, and they've already had at least one live update where they, they got some stuff in that they intended for the release but didn't make it in, like our our beloved Evo Nuts. Those were added in the post-release update. That's Thank God. Thank God. Seeds as well. Can't forget about gunk seeds. Those gunk seeds, man. Slap them. <laughs> I saw a huge cluster of uh, five of them all uh, next to each other on the uh, ceiling today. Oh, that's dirty. And you were like, that reminds me of last night. Bet you that stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the perks, uh, thought that I had on that is, I wonder if that part of the game might not be getting as much attention because it's something you just go through once. Like, I've been surprised. I'm 70 hours in and I have almost all the perks unlocked. How far? How are you guys doing with your perk trees? Almost uh, it's it's yeah. almost a, yeah, it's almost an afterthought now. Yeah, because I have I have all the perks I want, and the other ones I have to unlock, I'm probably not going to use. Yeah, the thing about unlocking perks and like there's a bunch of stuff that I do on weapons as well, like the weapon unlocks, where I just unlock them just so I can get the skins, even if I'm not going to use them necessarily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this goes back to the the RPG type stuff in the game. So we've been talking a lot about the actual core mining experience where. You have the loadout you went into the mission with. That doesn't change once you're in the mine. But once you actually get extracted, you end up back on the space rig. You're in this floating space station above this this mineral-rich whatever. Uh, Hawks is for, I guess is what it's called. And um, you can set the mods on your weapons. You can change the way your, your characters look. You can select your perks. You can um, uh, unlock new cosmetics. Um, what am I missing? You can customize the way your pickaxe looks. Mm -hmm. Drink beer. Drink beer. Drink, drink beer between drink missions. Which that's a very uh, mm -hmm. monster huntery mechanic as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but not as <laughs> theatric. I don't know that that monster hunter mechanic was so charming at first, the food, but it became so annoying to me. Yeah, it's, it was very slow. It's so much to oh. track and to keep track of. It's such a 
yeah. overly wrought system, I felt like. Yeah, you can uh, save um, so certain meal types to help that. You can also skip the animation, too. You don't actually have to watch it every time for, like... I always watch it. Every but it's so satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Who invited Spinner? With your... Yeah. <laughs> not me, that's for damn sure. It's a boring <laughs> game. Well, it could be, you know, boring is kind of like making holes in the ground. They maybe think, would have gotten I think, yeah, I think right. that's what he was. I think that's what, what he was, was going for. What he was going for. He's the he's the English he's the English, he's the English teacher. This is the only type of joke. This is the only type of joke he knows how to make. <laughs> yeah. So not all of our friends have have taken the dive into deep rock, but for those of us who have, um, there's progression of each of your individual classes up to level twenty five. Then you prestige which the first time you do it unlocks your second active perk. And then after that, each prestige is just kind of like a cosmetic bragging rights thing. And then there's your overall player progression, which is based on your account, uh, which I think the only thing it seems to affect is it'll grant you access to higher level assignments and higher level cosmetics. But I don't think there's anything else with the player level that seems to matter. So I was actually going to ask a question talking about you're talking about perks and, you know, perks and, you know, the upgrade trees and everything like that. I know there's new equipment. I know there's new equipment that you can get. So again, as the person who's probably played this the least out of everyone, when it comes to games like this, you have these perk trees and everything like that. You ultimately get to the question of, you know, builds and everything like that. How do you feel that the build diversity is? in the game from my perspective as someone that's only unlocked a little bit it doesn't look like you can really modify truly unique characters with some really really like outrageous you know cross sections of perks and, and gear and stuff like that but i also don't really have the experience to uh to really have an educated uh, opinion on that uh, unfortunately with 40 hours in i think that's kind of my experience so far too okay yeah i've gotten a bit of of diversity in there now i have a couple of loadouts set up already for solo play versus like group play as well for the engineer at least and like it it does actually work out pretty well i i sense though and again i only just did a promotion so far but like i do believe that the forge it unlocks a lot of that stuff what are they called overclocks or whatever like that yes. also expands that capability quite a bit yeah so overclocks in the forge is a whole discussion of its own um but before you get there, the only expressions of build diversity are kind of minor tweaks to your weapons and tools and um, and the weapon choice itself, because each class has a primary and secondary weapon. And there are two and there are basically two options for primary and two options for secondary. So like um, with the driller, for your primary, you can have either a flamethrower or a cryo cannon, as an example. But within those actual weapons, there don't seem to be a huge amount of variations. Um, I have actually tried to do some research on that question about builds. And there's not, there are some YouTubers out there who are doing build spotlights where they kind of will show their perks and then just play a mission. Um, yeah. But it doesn't seem to have the involved build craft that you see from other games. One of the things I like to compare Deep Rock to is actually Warframe which I'm not sure if anyone other than me and Polarity has actually played that game. I played, I played it a bit. Yeah. Oh, you guys played it a bit. Okay. 
But Warframe is also four players. It's also co-op. It's also built on procedurally generated missions to grind loot and stuff. And it has a lot of the same high-level kind of bones that Deep Rock does. But it seems to... Like, Deep Rock took a much more mellow approach to build possibilities compared to a game like Warframe, where Warframe, I think, is, is an example on the complete extreme of that of that spectrum or maximum build choices where they, they they can't stop making choices for the player to make to the point where I, I, I don't know my thing with Warframe and y'all can chime in on this is that there are too many choices to make in Warframe and there's so many choices that they stop being important yeah they they also Warframe is interesting too because they focus so much on the vanity side of things more so whereas I think there's a lot more depth in Deep Rock to the gameplay mechanics itself than Warframe had. Like, Warframe just felt, like, shallower in that regard. Well, Warframe's depth oh. comes from statistics. That's, don't you, yeah. Don't you dare talk about Warframe that way. And actually, actually <laughs> Warframe is, 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 is deep to a fault, I think. Yeah. yeah, so, I'm afraid to admit this, I have, like, 600 hours in Warframe. Uh, I've got, like, 300, so, you know. There's, so... I don't know. There, there is a lot of depth to Warframe, in terms of. I'm, I'm trying. I'm struggling to to word this right. You have access to every possible weapon in the game. You can build weapons in different ways. Uh, your melee weapons. You can customize certain weapons, like the Zaws. You you build whatever combination you want based off of different parts that you you craft and then combine together. There's there's a ton of customization in that game in terms of weapon loadout and uh, what Warframe you choose for a given mission. The Warframes themselves all have unique, well, more or less unique uh, ability sets, and, and that is a massive part of the customization as well, without any kind of, of, of perk unlock system. So, I mean, I'm trying to find my way back to the point here, but <laughs> Warframe feels like a totally different animal to me than this yeah. game. Uh, it, Warframe like the, the the similarities end at four player co-op for me personally mm -hmm. this feels much more like a a left for dead a um monster hunter too. Monster, monster hunter, monster hunter. so there there's there's elements that i think they share but i think that warframe to me is not the greatest comparison uh i would i would I would generally stick with comparing this to a Left 4 Dead type game where you, you do have objectives, you do have have uh, uh, requirements to meet in a mission. Maybe there's a little bit more in this versus Left 4 Dead where it's just get from point A to point B in one piece. But the the PvE aspect of it, the, the co-op aspect of it is is very similar to me. Um, I, it, that, that feels like the, mm -hmm. the closest to me. I like... And there's... I, I, I feel like I always want to classify this a little bit as a roguelike, but it's not. I think it's just because of Dwarf Fortress and the Dwarf connection, and that's some weird mental thing I have going on. There's nothing roguelike about this, but it feels like that, maybe because of the procedural generation aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But there's no permadeath or anything that really gives you any, any high stakes. It's hard to classify this. Yeah. The that's reason I like to compare it to Warframe, I think, is because it feels so different, despite on paper, matching it in some ways. Yeah, and yeah, I can see that. I'm gonna, uh, so I have a whole 
like ranting me about Warframe that I'm not going to dig into, <laughs> dig into. <laughs> but I think that one of the things that this, for me, really distinguishes this game versus Warframe is the choice to not expose the progression curve of Deep Rock to a cash shop. There's no way to buy progress in Deep Rock. Right. Whenever you see well, somebody do something or have something, with the exception of a few skins, right? There's the supporter skins and the, um, but those those are easy to identify. Everything you do in the game comes from playing free the game. To play game though, right? Right. So that's that the 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 cosmetics are the biggest seller for Warframe, and that's why you have so much of a cash shop presence in Warframe is because you're not paying thirty bucks up front for access. Right, but you're not just buying the cosmetics in Warframe. You're buying the content. You're buying the frames. You're buying the guns. You're buying. But you don't have to. You don't have I've, to. Yes, and I'm. I'm I not, have I, a ton of frames that I've never paid for. Yeah, you can grind it pretty hard yeah. if you wanted to. It's it's, you can be, a pay to win kind of person. But I mean, what is there to win? There's no PvP. I yeah. think that's for me. For me anyway, that's. It's not about the need to resist paying. It's about the. So for me, a big part of what makes a social RPG important is the currency of, 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 um, for me, the, or how do I crystallize this idea? So going way back, World of Warcraft, okay? The game that I, I gave up TFC for. World you of Warcraft, if you saw a dude hanging out in Orgrimmar, the dark edge of insanity, which was high-end acts to get from raid content at a certain point in the game, you knew this guy was a badass. Mm-hmm. You knew he had what he had done to get that. An even better example, for each server, there was this massive event where one player on the whole server could be the first, could be what's called the Scarab Lord. And the Scarab Lord was distinguished by a unique title and a unique mount. And if you saw someone with, walking around with that Scarab Lord title, you, know, you, you knew you were dealing with a badass. Yeah. The social currency of that is off the charts. But there are smaller things that have incremental values building up to that. And for me, the thing that always motivates me to get loot in social RPGs is that social currency, is the perceived value of what I'm achieving by the community. And what I like about Deep Rock, even though I haven't really gotten to the end game yet, I don't think like I have, is that it, I don't have the sense when, it, when I see somebody do something or have something that they skipped playing the game and bought the thing. And for me in Warframe, the presence of the ability to buy, to buy everything makes all those things meaningless to me, to my value system. And that's one of the things I really like about Deep Rock. I like games that aren't free to play. I like games that make you buy the box. I like games that that's make fair. you pay for content. And, and then once you're in the content, you're on the same level in terms of dollar bill buy-in as everyone else. And everything else is what you have done. That's what pissed me off about Warframe and I've been watching for that with this game and I've been happy not to see it. I think that's fair. Yeah. Also for what it's worth, the core combat loop of Warframe is not for everybody. Whereas I think hey, the man. core combat loop for Deep Rock is very easy to understand. It's also varies enough, right? Before so. Melee 2.0, all you have to do is bind one mouse button to a macro that does uh, melee attack and crouch and slide at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just rip everything apart. Mm-hmm. So what other kind of comparisons would you guys make to Deep Rock? Games that are similar or dissimilar? We've heard Left 4 Dead. We've heard Warframe. What else is it like or not like? 
Monster Hunter, I think, was a pretty close yeah. comparison too. In yeah. terms of the same co-op vibes that like, yeah, you're not necessarily... Well, I think the Dreadnought missions are probably the closest comparison to Monster Hunter because that's essentially what it is. But um, yeah, it's really similar with the food mechanic in terms of how you do your build-outs, in terms of how the gear gets upgraded. Uh, just less Japanese. Yeah, I, I almost uh, wish they had more boss types in the game. Yes. That have yes. that that have uh, more mechanics that you have to kind of work around as opposed to just a dreadnought that just runs in a circle after you, and uh, you know just occasionally, uh, you know, uh, sh- he has he has he has a ground stop and a fireball. That's pretty much his only attacks. Yeah. So the more I fight those dreadnoughts, those, the less scary easy. they get. Yeah. Right? So if they could like add some new like uh, a boss content that actually chases you, I think that'd be good. So yeah, yeah. let's talk about what the game could do, because right now it feels like Deep Rock's a game you can finish. There are like a hundred overclocks that are completely RNG that you have to grind for, which is where the high-end build craft can kind of come in a little bit. Um, but other than those overclocks and just playing all the classes up to level 25, there's nothing else to do in Deep Rock, I feel like. Um, yeah. The, the cosmetic game is definitely not front and center, even though it is there and is rewarding. Yeah. That I I agree with you. That's my impression as well. Is there, there's there's just a point where there's nothing else to do, nothing else to get, and I do worry about the future of this game if the devs don't have a, a really comprehensive plan to continue adding content. Mm-hmm. Whether it's paid or free, it doesn't matter as long as they keep putting things in. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, a, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. That, that, I mean, that's like another comparison to this is like Destiny. Right, and yeah. Destiny's done that really, really well in terms of having the devs create new campaigns and new and new content all the time. If they can kind of like, they have some really good like sort of core elements there, right? Yeah. Like the the boss fights, the sort of like and the hunting basic mission system. Yeah, the basic mission system. I think there's some other things that they can do too. That like some other games too. I'm trying to think of it. some examples are escaping me, but like some things that they can do with more of the social aspect of the game too could be strong like you know how they have the whole like drink the beer and dance and like the mini game of the barrel right yeah there's probably a lot more that they can do with that i love the well. barrel game. i mean uh game that you play greg guild wars 2 they have mm. lots of social events that that pop up uh for ho- what is it holidays i don't know if they have anything the, special yeah. in-game holidays I know one they of have guild wars Halloween big Christmas. things is the in-game holidays yeah they have like five or six a year where the game changes in some way and there's some there's, there's some kind of fomo stuff you can do um, yeah, it, I I think there's a there's a place for their for them to put in some events like that. There's a limit to it because it's, it's not, unlike Guild Wars Two. You're not gonna have like 300 people, a thousand people in Lion's Arch, all doing <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, but there there is some stuff that they could put in some special events. You know, there I I think there's a lot of flexibility for them in terms of, of adding even just small pieces of content, flavor, anything like that. It's just, right now, it's a wait and see. I've seen guys walking around with, with um, pumpkin helmets. I assume that's oh, a nice. seasonal item. Yeah. I mean, so, we've all been playing this for, what, three weeks? Yeah, and we're all experts, Max. of course. Yeah, so, I mean, there are people <laughs> who've been playing for multiple years through all of early access, and they've seen the, the worst ugly warts of this thing so far compared to what we've encountered so they, no doubt. they might be so much further down the rabbit hole than we are. And yelling at the screen while they're listening to this. Yeah, they probably think we're all just a bunch of idiots. We are. 
<laughs> That's true. We are. <laughs> so if you if you are are watching the screen right there, um, I've, I've been just, just playing some B-roll, and uh, I just played the, the the clip DOS. You and I when we were playing, I think it was last night, and mm -hmm. uh, we were testing out the mug throwing behavior, which I just learned about. Did you guys know about Playing this? Catch. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I guess I'm a latecomer to that one. <laughs> no, the first time Matt ever bought a beer in the game, I turned around and he threw a mug at my face. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And here's... So this is my problem, is I keep, I keep finding ways to compare this to Warframe. I'm, so, I'm sorry for people who hate, who hate the game or hate hearing about it, but Warframe was at a baby stage back in 2012. It was a four-player co-op game with procedurally generated space stations. There was no open world. There were no player hubs. Um, it was raw, and it was something that they built out. And after eight years, that game is now at a place where it's, it's got content that's all over the place. Um, I think it's... it's um, and a lot of it arguably uh, a bit far off from what people might... Well, at least from... But people who don't like the Warframe formula wouldn't want to see in a game, which is a, a, a self-reinforcing statement. But anyway, Deep Rock has some choices to make. So one of the things about Warframe that characterized that game is they had a development studio of 150-plus people that they were trying to keep employed when they made that game. If you guys haven't seen it, there's a fantastic no-clip documentary on YouTube all about that, talking about how um, this studio was faced with laying off every single person in it if they didn't make a game and it sold and they decided to make this their game i think there are like 25 people working on deep rock and it's not free to play from the start which does not necessarily mean it's built to be updated indefinitely and played indefinitely warframe definitely feels like a game that wants you to play it forever yep deep rock yeah. to me does not feel that way and i actually find that relieving in a lot of ways I've come up against too many games that want to try to be the only game I ever play for the rest of my life. So yeah, I like that, that part of it. That. But it does beg the question of, well, what, what is next? More Dreadnought-type bosses? More objectives? More Gunk Seeds? Probably some more biomes. We can expect that. More cosmetics. Maybe some more weapon choices. I've been reading some developer commentary around um, their approach to traversal. And I was very interested because um, they were asked why there are no overclocks for the traversal type items. So the grappling hook for the scout, the platform gun for the engineer, the um, uh, zip lines for the gunner, and then the uh, drills for the driller. And their statement was we can, that they, they considered those to be core components of the gameplay loop, and they didn't want to screw with them too much. They wanted the, those interactions to remain relatively stable. So that kind of tips me off that okay, we probably won't be seeing a lot more traversal types in the game because what's really missing? What tools are there missing for getting around a mine that we don't have right now? Maybe flying? Like a jetpack dwarf? Yeah, a jetpack maybe. But, but still, like you can get past that with the scout-engineer combo. Yeah. In scenario, right? So. That and scout and hover boots yeah. basically avoid all fall damage, all fall damage and do... Thank God for hover boots. Shit. Yeah. I want to drive a little car, pop in a little dwarf mech or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like a little dwarf tank. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Make sure you and that put in a feature request. Maybe be able to hop into those mechs car. that you know, like that. So the, so there's a there's a mech boss in the game that you can defeat, and after you defeat it, then you can repair it, and it, it'll be a part of your team basically. 
be cool if you could, if you could like hop mm-hmm. in there and just kind yeah. of drive it around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Pilot that little thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's that's like adding a flying dwarf, adding a mech dwarf. That's a very Warframe like approach. Is we grow our game by adding to the amount of things in it, and we give away for players to either grind for it or pay for it. That's the Warframe mm-hmm. formula, right? I don't think we know what the Deep Rock formula is yet, and I'm insanely curious to find out what it is because the it's release one offering part rock and one part stone. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard me uh, when I was doing this social media blast before the podcast. I was looking for just a quick, quick image of uh, of Deep Rock to to show people. And what do I do? I search for the main slogan of the game, rock and stone, and on Google. And of course, I met with a bunch of pictures of piles of rocks and stones. <laughs> I don't know what I was thought I was going to get there, but I don't know. Maybe someday Deep Rock will become uh, popular enough so that rock and stone won't actually get you rock and stones when you search for it. I think or to get be... their own beer. That'd be great, too. Yes. It could be an interesting thing to see if they could open this game up to modders as well to see if there's some like other gameplay opportunities. Like one of the ones that I thought of that would be an interesting mechanic is like an escape map sort of scenario, given the procedural generations, right? So like if you can actually like procedurally generate a map where you actually have to like find your way out, that could also be interesting because that's already a mechanic of the, the normal game types, yeah. right? But yeah. if you just amplify it even more. Yeah, the, the more kite missions where yeah. your job is to go get minerals and then you end up, you know, uh, 200 meters away from where you started and then the extraction pod comes in somewhere and you have five minutes to get out i remember the first time we did that thinking like oh my god this is amazing but much like the dreadnoughts the more you do it, it the easy. less yeah. the less amazing it is and it, it kind of calls back to me and sorry warframe again the feeling i had warframe eventually where it went from being oh this is such a cool like space ninja game to i just have to bullet jump through the entire mission to keep up all of the the power corrupt players just so i don't slow the mission down and all i'm doing is spending the whole mission just trying to go fast enough mm-hmm. and i'm not engaging with the with the objectives at all the alternative is just to play solo um and polar maybe maybe have a retort to that but this game no, doesn't feel like that all the time yeah and it feels like you're not playing the game warframe it feels like the game plays you a lot a lot of the time mm. The, the only Warframe missions that aren't really bullet jump heavy are the ones where you are defending a stationary objective. Right. That's it. And those are the ones people farm for experience and stuff. Yep. And which have their own degenerate interactions. Played since Melee 2.0, so it may be different, but at that point, when I was still playing heavily, it was basically just you, you slide and you melee the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. Warframe yeah. is such an interesting game to me too, because it's it's still insane how it's what seven years old now and it's still growing in players. There's no yeah. way it's still growing. I feel like it's taking it a is. downturn. No, I checked on uh, I checked on Steam charts just really? to make sure that I didn't misquote myself. Maybe um, it's just been on social media, <laughs> but like, um, so at the at the risk of making this a Warframe episode, um, they came out with their last major expansion in 2018. I want to say that's Snow Planet Fortuna. Yep. Um, and they had hoverboards, and it was cool. But the hoverboards ended up being useless because there was a superior mode of transportation that everyone used. Um, what's the, the quote by the guy who on the, on the Civ 4 dev team who said, given the opportunity, players will optimize the fun out of anything? Warframe's a good example of that in a lot of ways, I think. But, um, and then they announced that, that space combat expansion, which became Empyrean, 
which seems like to me like it's kind of flopped. Yeah. People aren't gaga over it, even though the concept is so good. But that's just my my view from the outside. Cool. Anyway, talking about Deep Rock, Overclocks. <laughs> uh, overclocks. Clearly, I have an 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 unpublished Warframe podcast in me. Well, maybe we, maybe you and I should hook that up sometime. Uh, I also have a brother-in-law who is a Warframe founder. So if you want to do that, I can hit him up. Oh, that sounds interesting. Let me ping you about that later. All right. But talking rock and stone, um, overclocks. There are, I think, 98 overclocks in the game right now. These overclocks apply to weapons and give you some modification above the base mods. There are clean overclocks, which give you only benefits, and they're usually mild. There are balanced overclocks, which gives you a trade-off, some positive, some negative, and unbalanced, which gives you extreme trade-offs for the weapons. I have a couple. Um, actually, um, part of the reason I'm playing Scout is because I have two decent-ish overclocks for the SMG and for the, uh, the Zukovs. Um, but to me, it seems like overclocks are the endgame grind for this game, and they're 100% RNG, meaning that when you get them, you know, a handful of times a week, if you're playing daily, then um, it could be stuff you already have. And the more you have, the more likely you are to get something you already have. I think that's how it works. Have you guys engaged much with the overclocks? What's your impression of it? I haven't it, done it yet. Yeah, it feels uh, very random. Um, and I've gotten a ton of scout ones. I've gotten uh, no gunner, right? And I play pretty much a driller and engineer. <laughs> oh, so, and there are also cosmetics mixed in there, too. Yes. Yeah. So the beard on my scout is a forged beard. Mm-hmm. And forging is the mechanic where you turn an overclock that you get into a, um, an item you can use. And isn't that the standard uh, reward structure of the deep dives? Is you get a blank, and you get something class-based for a weapon, and then you get a cosmetic for the third? Uh, I is believe that that's the case. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, and you, can, and you can do it twice per deep dive, so the uh, normal and then the elite. Yeah. And then you can trade in your blank cores... Um, in the actual missions, um, there's a certain event the machine that allows events, you to uh, right. cash it in. Yep. Right. And, and those are uh, also, also RNG. Yeah, I would agree with your assessment. I, I feel like the overclocks are the end game aspect of this. I just don't see, I don't see myself wanting to grind for every single one of them. That was I my question. Are you guys going to grind I, for them? No. Um, and I think thought i read and i don't know if it shows i was trying to confirm it like you can get the same one twice um yeah. i don't if that's the case that's even worse i think you can, can i think i read that grind. maybe someone so, can correct us yeah so i don't know for sure but i read that somewhere and i was trying to confirm, i was trying to confirm it um but i was on it you know i was unable to but if that's the case that's a problem i think for the long term yeah, I, yeah. I, have, I have very little incentive to grind for all of them in the first place. If I am getting multiples of the same one, that makes me want to do it even less. I, I sense, though, that they'll, if they can increase the amount of game types and kind of add some diversity to the game mechanics of those, it might make the grinding feel a little less grindy, right? I'm seeing some notes here that, the, that, that you don't get duplicates. You don't? Yeah. That's, That's good. good, then. Okay. So I was, I was wrong about that. Like, it's crisis averted, then. Yeah. So you will yeah, get everything so, eventually, which is in line with most of the rest of the game, where you will get to the end. So, question then will be, what's next? I really like Deep I Rock. Think, I hope they yeah, give us excuses like to keep playing. Yeah. 
I think Absolutely. the biggest question is what's next. I we don't know exactly what the roadmap is for development. Yeah. I mean, I I also kind of go back to Monster Hunter, right? Like that's a game that has a very distinct like, loop, right? You mm -hmm. go and you you uh, you uh, kill shit and you craft shit. But there's a lot of times I just play because I like the gameplay. Like I'm not really mm -hmm. trying to achieve anything in particular. Sometimes I just want to go, you know, you know, uh, actually go fight some Kill monsters. Some that's all I want to do for yeah. a couple yeah. hours, right? So if the gameplay loop is good enough, you know, I think they have some uh, leeway there with their uh, roadmap. But yeah, it doesn't have to be all about progression. Yeah. It can I be. I think a gameplay loop is good enough as long as you're with other people. I don't think solo is sustainable. What about I think um? Play is much stronger. What about pubbing with randoms? Mm. That's never a draw for me in any game. Me too. <laughs> me too. I would, I, I would say in um, my experience of uh, pubbing, like I said, I've done all my missions essentially with at least one other person, is 95% of the time it's fine. There's no salt or anything that I've seen. But 5% of the time you get a player that's probably in a hazard 4 that shouldn't be in a hazard 4. And then it mm. kind of really drags the mission on or you end up failing because everyone's trying to save that one player. So... There's a, definitely a downside to uh, pugs, um, but for the most part, I uh, find it to be a, a good experience. I think having it not be free to play also helps with that a lot too, because I sense that if it was free to play, that that sort of like negative pubbing experience would increase significantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a common curse of free to play games. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that's why. It's part of what I love about playing paid games. You know, here in my thirties. <laughs> that's the game spindle would like to talk about i'm sure oh yeah different episode no doubt okay well what have we not talked about with deep rock the music is banging oh yeah the music's amazing mm, yeah i love that you can actually buy the flak files and just blast them like straight from steam it's great when it comes to flak yeah oh shit yeah pulling up that's some PCMR shit right there. My wallet, yep. That made me tingle. <laughs> yeah, the music's fantastic, and it seems like they've added some new songs to it lately. Mm. I think with the last set of updates. I did read that so. they had to take a couple out because of potential copyright issues, but they added a few in, so... Huh. Yeah. So, uh... Did they, did they, did they sample something, or...? I don't know. Hmm, that's strange. Yeah, it seems original. It's weird. Although they're... The bar songs do are, are are quite evocative of specific songs yes, at times. Yes, for sure. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Which I think is to their credit. Like it, the the bar is very charming. The whole jukebox and the bartender mechanic, the little le leprechaun you can smack up. All those little interactions that, that 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 they take the time to make, all feel really good and make you feel like it's a game that you wanna you wanna hang out and spend time in. And mm -hmm. I'm surprised how much time I spend just hanging out on the rig spamming rock and stone and drinking beer mm -hmm. when i play this it's always fun as long as you're yep. playing with with uh, as long as i'm playing with you guys even yep. occasionally yeah, with yeah. puppies yeah i um so if i'm trying to play with a puppy and i have a good group everyone just uh, typically will leave after the mission i wish there was like an incentive to maybe stay as a group if you had a mm -hmm. good run um to kind of uh, keep like a it multiplier going. or something you know what I mean? yeah yeah i yeah, like um, so I think that's a, excellent for that. Yeah. Um, so I think if they had something like that. It would help, you know, get people to get more into it. I think as you go into harder, harder missions, like I, I did my first elite deep dive, uh, after a, just a, a, a normal mission with a group of four, 
And the guy's like, hey, do you want to try to lead deep dive? Because we did so good in the last mission, and we ended up just one-shotting it. So, you know, I think uh, something like that to help get, get the groups to stay groups. Help encourage good. that. Good. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, that's something that could, you know, not just work in a, a pub setting, but also with your friends. Like, if you get a really, really good streak going and are just racking up experience really quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, yeah. Added degree of, you know... Um, importance to what you're doing because you don't want to screw up you don't want to you don't want to lose that you don't want to be the guy who breaks up the group exactly yeah (laughs) yeah personally for me that would be incentive to just stick around for you know that that will that one more mission over and over again i would definitely stick around for multipliers that would be that would be great though like i mean it's kind of i don't know it's kind of manipulative but it's manipulative in a fun way i guess makes it a little bit more intense yeah that's how they're all designed yeah, I mean that serotonin be. spike. Exactly. I watched um, one of the video, one of the YouTubers who does these um, these videos about game design, talked about how developers can help steer you towards. They can either carelessly put you in a situation where it's it, it's it, it's um, encouraged to optimize the fun out of it, where if they give you um, an outsized reward for a part of the game, it's not very enjoyable, or for a very rote interaction versus um, in making it rewarding to do the things about the game that are fun. And I feel like that kind of idea of uh, having a, a consecutive mission multiplier with the same group just encourages you to engage with already what's good about it. It's being a dwarf with other dwarves in space. Yeah. And also yeah, like yeah. A, maybe like an Overwatch style endorsement system where you kind of are mm-hmm. prompted to be like, hey, you're a great zipliner. Maybe. I need yeah. to workshop that one a little bit, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't prepare for um, these things. I, uh, yeah, I uh, think one of the problems, too, is that you typically have to take an assignment, and then you have to follow a set um, a list of missions. So I think a lot of the times I'm dropping out of groups because I want to make sure I go on that next mission, and the group might not go to that mission. They, they might choose a different path. So it'd be nice if there was like a way to like find a group that's already working on that mission chain. And then the group would just kind of be a group through all the missions together. Yeah, so you're not switching sides every single time. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. I had that yeah. happen. It'd be cool if you could like you know set up a, a team like that's designated as you know these four players, and then it kind of generated its own you know set of missions for that group specifically, so everyone's on the same. Oh group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a group assignment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. I like that idea. And then that might be a good way to help with the overclock problem. If there begins to be a, a bottleneck, you could maybe have these assignments that you have to complete to unlock, you know, more overclocks. Yeah, these are all great ideas. Yeah. We except for the get get the dev team to pay us. Except for the zipliner endorsement, that was a bit of a dud. Try try. We can present all of our D, our ideas to the dev team and enjoy when they tell us we're all stupid i'm sure as, as 50 hour players we've had a bunch of ideas that they've never thought of oh yeah plethora <laughs> so speaking of uh r- repair you're the um in terms of hours put in you're the baby among us um how are you feeling about putting more hours in are you still having fun and, and how do you feel about some of the stuff we've been talking about um i've really enjoyed the game so far uh i only pick this up because you all wouldn't shut the fuck up about it True. forcing me to, to play eventually <laughs> um but you know well worth it 
up to this point, uh, it's been it's been very very enjoyable. Whether I've been playing with you or or solo, um, you know, we've we've talked about the, the gameplay loop, and I think that's that's great. I think it works really really nicely. Um, one of the things that I really really appreciate about it, and it has you know comparing it to to Left 4 Dead again, um, kind of that background anxiety because you know there's a horde that's coming up, but you don't know when exactly it's going to be, but that's kind of driving your actions. Like, you want to hurry up and get this next thing done, whether it's, like, actually finishing the mission or, you know, mining one more, like, vein of ore or something like that and get yourself in a spot before that that horde comes through. Um, And uh, the playing with your, you know, again, your anxiety, like, that's always kind of in the back of your head. I I really, really like that. And as a result, I think it's paced pretty well for the most part. I would say something about that that has been not quite disappointing because I've I've mostly been playing on on lower difficulties like I've done some hazard threes for the most part I think I attempted a hazard four and we were promptly wiped like immediately uh, with a couple couple puppies but uh, one thing I, I I would say is about those hordes is a lot of the times they seem very samey I know there is some like variety to the types of hordes that you can get depending on like the biome and things like that but for the most part it's it's grunts and the grunts are fine but they're not particularly engaging and I also don't find them particularly threatening yeah. um, so and maybe that's something people could could speak to like if hordes come up in like a hazard five or something like that is there more likelihood to to run into some really really like big bad enemies that that come through with some more frequency um but for the most part it just seems to be you know they kind of spawn out of the ground they you know suicide into you for about you know two minutes or so and then you just kind of get on um yeah on with your day but i think you know just that again that that kind of loop and that that ramping up of the anxiety as you get closer to the horde is really really nice um i also really appreciate it when you know you're ending the mission and there's that countdown clock um to you know the uh the pod taking off or you have the five minutes to actually get to um you know the escape pod wherever it lands in the map and and things like that that's also something that i find a lot of fun um those are things that are particularly effective with me anytime that like there's a clock ticking for me personally like my anxiety just shoots through the roof uh and i get like super engaged with it at that point so i, I really enjoy that as well uh, i i like it i like the game a lot um i at this point there's nothing i've seen that would ever make me think like okay this is going to be a, a main game for me you know like this is this is going to be one that i know life only for like the next couple weeks or mm-hmm. something like that it's always going to be something i kind of play on the side uh but again very new into it i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing uh like you were saying greg not every single game needs to be one that you know you dedicate your entire life to um but for for you know that purpose for something that's fun to play on the side i think it's really you know checking a lot of boxes for me i'm enjoying it a lot more than i thought i would yeah i'm i'm also uh thinking about the one of the things you mentioned about the 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 enemy design and the hordes um it seems like the the melee enemies especially are quite simple in their design. Um, there are some interesting flying opponents, like the one that will pick you up and carry you off. That's fucking scary. Yep. Uh, even the acid spitters just just pelting you from the ceiling where you can't see them. If you don't have a scout with you, that's very difficult to deal with. 
Um, but yeah, the grunts, even the Praetorians, once you learn how to deal with them, are a little, a little samey. Oppressors are scary, but I'm having a feeling that once we all get fully upgraded dwarves and know what we're doing, oppressors aren't going to be a problem either. The exploding monsters, I think, are the most annoying. The big ones. I forgot what they're called. Bulk the detonators. That, yeah, bulk detonators. Yeah. And then I had that weird thing happen the other day, which I think I sent you guys videos of, where the bulk detonator exploded into gold. Like, I'd yeah, never a, seen that that's happen. That's a Crassus detonator. Oh, got it. Yeah, I'd never even seen that monster in the first place, and then and then it exploded into gold. And We're I had rich! 45 minutes mining all of it. <laughs> Those are actually much better solo because Bosco just tears through that shit. Yeah, yes, he, he was able to pound through it pretty quickly. I had to reset them a few times, but it worked yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if there are any other like, subclass detonators, but Crassus is one that I look forward to. I've only seen those. Yeah, actually, the um, the little explodey guys are the scariest ones to me because they don't make any noise at all. Yeah. And they're oh, just they're so quiet, yeah. tapping you on the shoulder and being like, explodey, explodey, then you're dead. Yep. I've had a uh, couple audible gasps while we were playing Greg where all of a sudden I'd turn around and one of those would be right in my face because I did not hear him sneak up on me. Yeah. So this is one of the other complaints, too, is that um, the audio engineering doesn't seem to be quite there for spatial audio cues. I don't know what it takes to make that happen. Matt, we've talked yeah. about how good Hunt is. Hunt is amazing. At that. giving you information through your ears. And this game seems like it would severely benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Well, I tried three different pairs of headphones and I could not get like, decent accuracy for directional audio. And uh, yeah. even when the cues are there, you hear a grunt, it's like, what? Where? Huh? It reminds yeah. me of uh, Doom 2016, a game that had the same problem. That awful w imp whale coming from everywhere and nowhere at once. There's, there's been many times I've been trying to find like a helmet in the wall or the ground, and I just can't tell where it's coming from. Yeah, I just thought it was we cool. ran into that the other night. And yeah, I was like, is it up? We is it like... down? I have no idea. <laughs> we were digging for like, it felt like five minutes, and then it was just like literally one foot above our head, but there was absolutely nothing that would make you think it was above you. Yeah, I guess the one thing is it would make finding things like batteries a little easier, but I, I don't think that's a big deal. Just make them quieter. Yeah. 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 Ghost ship, fix your audio. It would help. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. And and in terms of like, I don't know the, the game is very atmospheric. You know, we talked about the soundtrack, which is great. Um, it has very a Stranger very, Things. Very, yeah, it, it it's got. The game in, in general just has a really nice kind of like feel and environment and style to it. Um, and I think better audio, better directional audio would really kind of, again, kind of ramp things up to the next level. Uh, would make you a little bit more kind of hyper aware. Um, that paired with, you know, you know, higher difficulty missions and stuff like that, that becomes really, really important. So yeah, that, that would be a huge improvement. Yeah. What kind of events? Hmm. Go ahead. Oh, event, event. no, 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 never mind. It's relevant. Um, what kind of events would make it great? <laughs> I was just gonna no, I, I was gonna change topics, um, and just talk about you know the question of what will make us want to come back to this game because we're going to get to a point. Um, I kind of feel like I'm going to be getting there in probably a week or two. I'm guessing once my once I have a very well understood weekly gameplay loop of I do my deep dive, I do my elite deep dive, I do enough missions to get the machine events to do my forge unlock. So I'm going to do that a couple times and I'm going to probably be like, I think I'm done. I don't care enough about the overclocks to, to grind them anyway. Maybe we as a group will hop in and do, do the deep dives, you know, once, 
once or twice a month, which would be really fun. But I'm asking myself the question of once we get to that point, which is foreseeable, what would pull me back in? And I don't think more gunk seeds is going to do it. I think one of the things for me personally, and I you know, was kind of alluding to it earlier with my question about the build diversity, um, thinking of a game like Diablo 3, which I have pumped an ungodly number of hours into, um, part of the thing that keeps me coming back to that is you know talking about that that grind and that build diversity like i need one more piece of gear that will enable a completely different play style and a completely different build uh, that allows me to use completely different um, abilities and, and things like that that my current build doesn't let me do and it looks like it's a lot of fun to play um, something like that uh, if there was again like some more like you know again using action RPG terms, unique affixes attached to things, like you're talking about the, uh, what are the, the, the end game things, the overclocks? Overclocks. Yeah. Um, if, you know, it was tied into that, and it was maybe even a little bit more random, but again, there was one that would open up a completely unique build uh, to me. Like, I would definitely see myself grinding that a little bit more to get that one thing and, and change what I'm doing. Yeah, more build craft. Um, have, you, have you guys looked yeah. at the roadmap, by the way, at all? No. Let's have a so look they, now. They, oh, they do actually publish their roadmap as well, and like they're, I think wow, the good thing is that they're, yeah, they they're addressing a lot of the concerns we have. So third quarter this year is going to have two new mission types. They don't know they're not saying what they are, but there's going to be two new ones. Um, some unannounced things, more cosmetic unlocks, cosmetic DLC pack, and then for fourth quarter they're adding two new biomes, um, a bunch of new enemy types as well, and then a bunch of unannounced stuff. So. So oh, that's yeah. kind of refreshing, at least yeah. that our yeah. concerns are getting addressed. <laughs> yeah. also, it looks like also they have... the perks as well, which is a promising. Yep. Yep. And they have space on that roadmap to continue into the future. So, yeah, for the foreseeable future, it looks like they're supporting a lot of this. Yeah. Which will be nice. It'll, it'll, it'll be nice to see how this game grows. Yeah. yeah. And now it's, it's still it, very it, early. It's, it's good that they've targeted them, but, you know, the, the big question will always be the implementation. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. You might have a core good idea but if it's implemented poorly and it doesn't work with other things uh it, it doesn't matter so q4 new enemy types that addresses one of your concerns repair new biomes that'll be cool that'll be new content for everyone yeah but i kind of feel like you have to tie some kind of progression to it to hook some folks in it might like if if they just told me that i can play the game in a grassy field i'm not sure if that would be enough i'd need a grassy field armor unlock to go with it you know what about a My Little Pony biome? That would be. That fun. might be enough. See, where you can enough. get the, and then you can get the brony outfit. It'll be so mm -hmm. sick. <laughs> no, don't want that. Um, no? I actually, speaking of the the biomes, um, I would say for me, I'm not really noticing too big of a difference between biomes. Like, I think you know, there's obviously visual differences and, and things like that, and they might have a couple unique um you know environmental hazards and stuff like that but to me that's not quite enough flavor for me to really give a shit which biome i'm going into you know what i mean like yeah it would be nice yeah, to like it's... see that there's a particular mission and like you know the, the fire biome and think to myself like okay i need to change my my build completely for how i'm yes. going to operate in this particular biome and have to again the, the theory crafting side of things how do you load out your dwarf differently if you know you're mm -hmm. going into a fungus biome versus a fire biome versus an ice biome. Yeah. Like for me, I, I won't take the cryo cannon to the ice biome, but that's pretty obvious. And there aren't a lot of other things like that. And there should be more. 
and it, it, that that gets deeper the deeper the build system gets mm -hmm. um question is what where else can they make builds happen we have perks um but i feel like the effects of the perks are pretty moderate like they're they're not extremely gameplay affecting the, the biggest yeah. perk that i've found is the one that automatically reloads your unequipped guns every five seconds i love that mm -hmm. perk i play around it because it's so good everything else seems yeah. like i can kind of swap things in and out which on the one hand is nice because there's no must-haves although maybe i haven't gotten to a high enough level that i've identified what those are um but on the other hand it's like nothing is really motivating like i don't want to play another 10 hours so i can unlock iron will even though i know it's a right. good perk as an example um I don't really feel like I need to grind enough to finish all the mods on my Zukov, the secondary weapon for my scout. I feel like I have something that kind of works with my overclock. Yeah. So I, yeah, I think a lot of that probably still though ties back to the design of how the perk tree is set up. Right. It feels a little too like just as like, you know, the, the golden corral buffet of perk perks. And it's not really like logically oriented at all. Um, if they could show what that progression is, that you're actually working towards something like really phenomenal rather than just sort of like mediocre or incremental updates, I think that would also help. Yeah, the different tiers are completely disconnected and you basically just pick whatever you want out of a tier and that's it. There's no, there's no like ultimate effect that you can get by combining certain perks. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Kind of like in The Witcher with the, with the, the mutators where if you combine colors and certain perks it would multi it would give you additional effects what about yeah. armor pieces or something right else now pretty limited to be honest like because you only have the one armor thing that you update right that is not yeah the yeah the right. yeah the actual armor i guess like I'm, I'm thinking back to like games like like diablo and other rpgs where it's like you have shoulder armor you have boots you have a belt you have this and mm. you can expand the game by expanding the range of, of abilities there it seems like that's not a direction deep rock wants to go and the question i guess that i have is what other direction is there to your point repair i don't think biome expansion is all that compelling cosmetics certainly has a ceiling yeah yeah the biomes look great like i, I everything looks unique and again the visual style of the game i, I think is great there's there's great art direction behind a lot of the things but the the visual stuff is only going to carry you so far you can only play dress up um for for just so long there needs to be something else kind of kind of driving it sure i think maybe more weapon additions but i don't know um, a, a large expansion of weapon types either at this point i i almost think that it's just like the interdependencies of how the things work can get fleshed out like i keep thinking back to Dead Cells a lot because Dead Cells is an interesting game because you don't get to choose necessarily how the different um, I forgot what they call them the enhancements for each weapon like what what you what you get out of them it's sort of like what you pick up but being able to design your stack so that it actually like really amplifies certain qualities I think would be fantastic like maybe you have a, a builder loadout that like is super damage focused right. Or maybe something that's more like focused on um, more stun support, yeah, or control. stun or something, so that then you can actually like become like the whole group that you're playing with can actually like support each other a lot better if you're actually like doing these loadouts correctly, right? What I about, think that's where it would shine. What about a driller overclock yeah. that makes it so that if you drill your teammates, you give them a nice soothing massage to heal them? Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. <laughs> 
we we kind of know what we're going to see for the rest of this year. There's not a year's worth of content here, so I kind of feel like I'll be checking back in over the holidays to be like, what's going on with Deep Rock? But I'm loving it in the meantime. Um, yeah. Maybe now the time is the time, boys, to, to wrap this up. Maybe let's do a round of our final thoughts and we'll sign off. Um, I am planning to actually play some Deep Rock after this. If you guys want to stick around and play on stream, uh, everyone's invited to do so, of course. Yeah. Although one of you will have too. to leave because there's only four dwarfs in the mission. <laughs> True. <laughs> or we can split it up. We'll figure something out. But before we get there, let's do final thoughts. Uh, I'll just go clockwise around the overlay. So um, start with uh, repair. Um, so again, say it for the, the third time here. I'm the, the person that has the least amount of experience. Um, it's something I've been playing on the side with, you know, a bunch of other games I've, I've been, you know, dedicating more time to. Uh, for me personally, who was, you know, looking at this as more of like a casual thing to play on the side, uh, it's been great. Uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. It has, it checks a lot of boxes for me of, of things that I like uh, from my gameplay standpoint. Uh, so that's, that's really, really nice. Uh, I mentioned it at the, the beginning that, you know, just the, uh, the personality that the game has is, is phenomenal. All the little details are, are just really a lot of fun. And it's just a lot of fun to play with friends. Um, I really can't say that part enough. Uh, the amount of dumb, stupid things that happen, uh, people getting themselves in really silly situations and getting themselves killed, it's always fun. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for something to potentially play on the side and you are you know, interested in, in that kind of gameplay loop, you know, the, the horror Especially style, if you have a posse. You know, Yes, if you have a possible people who sure. pay for games. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I would say uh, if you're if you're into that kind of thing, and again, you're looking for something, maybe not to to totally mainline, uh, but to just dabble with a little bit. I think this is a really really good uh, good game for that. Excellent polarity. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think he I think repair covered a whole lot of the things that I would like to say about this game. I I think there are a lot of really good systems in this game they don't all necessarily work together flawlessly but they they work together pretty well in the current package that you get and it's it's not a game that i'm gonna dump 600 700 a thousand hours into like i have in some other things but it is definitely something that i thoroughly enjoy playing with people especially people that i know i, I you know solo is i i could i could forget about solo for the rest of my life and never care but playing with you guys playing with people i know is extremely fun uh it's it's absolutely worth the price of admission it's only a 30 dollars game and i've already gotten 40 hours of entertainment out of it and you know have a couple beers play a few missions with friends laugh hysterically at stupid shit that you do and there's there's not a whole lot more you can expect out of anything or, or really ask for when it comes to a game it just it's entertaining and that's all i really want out of a game nowadays you know i can jump in for a mission or two and have a great time and this fits the bill yeah great. i agree Matt. yeah it's 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 one of those games just good vibes all around right like uh, i'm only really playing two games right now i'm playing this and i'm playing valorant completely polar opposite ends of the spectrum and it's nice to like get super well i guess i'm also playing call of duty but i'm not counting that because that's just more of a little normie thing i do on the side but um shameful secret the, shameful secret yeah uh but like it, it's nice to get all like super tilted and valorant and just get like really fucking pissed off and then go and relax and just mine some rocks so amen to oh, that. yeah 
Das. Yeah, um, I'm uh, loving the game. You know, I already put a good chunk of hours in. I can see myself putting a lot more in. Um, it's uh, fun to play in just a random group or with you guys. So, you know, um, at some point I'll hit a wall, but um, I don't see that wall coming anytime soon. So, um, a uh, big recommend on this one, and especially for the price. It's hard to argue. Yeah, Rock and Stone, man. 35 oh, one bucks. One thing, Greg. Mm. I forgot a very important thing, and if that is, if you don't slap the dice, you're a bitch. Yes, off the true. Team. This Put is the true. Game. Funnel slap dies. the dice or Do get it. off the team. Put up your hands, guys. Touch the dice. Okay, I'm only one doing it. Two gigabytes, thirty-five bucks. I'm seventy hours in. I'm probably gonna put in the same amount before I get bored. And like you guys said, it doesn't. It's not gonna be a replacement for your Valorant, for your PUBGs, for any of these big AAA games that are trying to grab your whole life by the balls for the World of Warcrafts, whatever. But it is an awesome game to play with your friends, or not. And yeah. We're going to go play some right now, I think. Good vibes all around. Yeah. Anyone want to give some shout-outs to wrap up? Pimp anything you're doing? I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you're retired. <laughs> you're doing extra nothing compared to the rest extra of us. Extra nothing right now. Well, okay. If you want to see more of this, twitch.tv slash geektv. That's where you are unless you're on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you know where my YouTube is, too. Um, we're on Discord, too. Come say holler. And oh, yeah. uh, you can find links to that everywhere. We'll be back in a few minutes to play some Deep Rock. Rock and Stone, dudes. Rock and Stone. <laughs>